This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello and welcome back to the Hammers Unrestricted Podcast. We've got a Euro 2020 special for you this week. Lots to talk about with regards to England and the rest of the competition. I'm joined by two guests this week. First up is our regular on the show, Jimmy Lydon. Jimbo, how you been? You good? How's it going? Long time no see. Uh, good to be back on the pod. And welcome our new guest. Yeah, I'll go on to that. So we've got a very first on the show today. My good friend, Harry Clark, becomes the first non-West Ham fan to appear on the show. Crystal Palace through and through, and he loves the national team as much as anybody I know. Clarky, mate, good to have you on. Are you finding the Euro so far? Yeah, cheers, mate. Yeah, really enjoying it. Well, apart from obviously the first, the Scotland game, obviously, as you well know, managed to get a ticket and attend, but wasn't the performance that we wanted, really. But the whole competition's a bit weird, isn't it, in the group stage? Because it's sort of teams aren't really that bothered about going for the win. And then yeah. you get to the final game, and suddenly a lot of teams have nothing like, look at our game. We'd already through without kicking a ball and we've scored one goal and conceded none before then. So, yeah, it's been a weird weird tournament, but it's about to kick off now, isn't it? I was happy with how we played, though, against uh, Czech Republic because we were already through and, like, we were speaking, weren't we? We said about finishing second and that, would it be better? I'm happy that they went out and actually had a go. And, like, I'll, I'll start with Saka. I was I was underwhelmed when I saw him in the lineup. I'm not going to lie. Like when you're hearing that Mount can't play, uh, rumours of Foden not playing because of his booking, I was thinking, right, Sancho, get him in, let's see. Saka starting, I was just a bit underwhelmed by it. I wasn't really sure what I felt like, but he, he changed my mind, to be fair. Well, uh, yeah, given his defensive performances at Arsenal, you're not sure how he's going to play sometimes, if he's going to be a wing-back. Second I saw it, I didn't know where he was going to play, but he just played with no fear. He was getting right at their full-back, and he was exciting to watch, and that's what we've been lacking in these last few games, you know, someone just taking a man on. And yeah, he was good. Man of the match on the night and well-deserved. Well, it weren't, weren't just him. Obviously, he had a great game, wasn't it? But I think the combination of him and Grealish coming into the team just completely changed the dynamic. I think, well, at the Scotland game, when any time they were showing Grealish's face on the big screen, like the whole crowd was getting up. He's got sort of that Gaza mentality, isn't he? Where yeah, everyone just wants to get behind him and... Where every time they got on the ball the other night, it looked to make something happen, which was obviously complete contrast to the first two games, which were pretty drab. I, I, just, I was talking about this earlier with Fogg. I don't know, in going to the next game, which we'll get onto properly in a bit, but he's probably going to drop one of the two of them, isn't he? He's like, I don't know what he's going to do with that team yet, but he's probably not going to play both of them because he likes Foden. I don't know who you drop out of the two of them. I think you've got to play them both, personally. Well, I think the... What the other night showed was that we could easily get at teams if we wanted to, but we played in sort of weird patches, didn't we? We played really well for 15 minutes against Croatia, yeah. really well for the first 15 against Scotland, really well for probably the first half against the Czech Republic. We yet to get put a full 90 together. As for what he does against Germany, pretty sure he's going to bottle it and go for it at the back, I think. Um, he's, been, he's been wanting to. He's been wanting to do the three at the back. You can tell the whole time. It's been really hurting him to play just the four. But, but I don't know. What do you think about it, Jim? Yeah. If anything but a positive 
lineup, but he's going to be negative because that's all he's got. He's not going to change up now. He's made it this far. He hasn't got in his notepad an attacking formation, get on a few attackers. And to be fair, if you look at Germany, I think the way we're going to do them, we're not going to do them centre of the park with Cruz and Kimmich. It ain't going to happen. That's if Kimmich is centre mid. We're going to have to get it wide and hit him with pace. So I know it's tempting to, that you want to see sort of a Grealish in there, but I think he's just going to stick with Sterling. I think that's how he's going to play on the counter, sit back, soak it up and try him on the break. I know it's not going to be an exciting watch. I'll say that right now. It's yeah. not going to be an exciting watch, but yeah, I, I just don't, I'm just not optimistic with him. You know what I mean? Wood? I, I spoke to you both though, about your lineups um, for the Croatia game. We'll go back to that for a minute, just while talking about his tactics. Um, I spoke to both of you and we, we all had different teams. You all disagreed on stuff. I think he got the lineup spot on, personally. It was, wasn't what he, any of us called for, first of all. But even the two centre midfielders, he said, what, for like the last three months that he's known what his team's going to be going into that game, isn't he? He said he's always known it. Obviously, he had to change it and bring Mings in. But I do think he got it spot on. Phillips, I haven't ever seen him play that far advanced before. Obviously, goes and creates the goal, plays excellent. Well, he said he got his spot on. It was sort of job done, wasn't it? It was a pretty hot day. It was one of them. They kept saying that, didn't they, on the coverage? Oh, it's a hot day. They won't be able to handle it. I hate that. It's modern footballers. like They can play in any conditions. They're literally yeah. fitness enough. But what I thought was, like we said I think before, Qatar's going to be a fucking wake-up call for him then. Fuck <laughs> me, hot day in Wembley. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, but you know, these pundits, they just wheel out the same old... Same old terrible sayings, didn't they? As soon as it's a bit of hot weather, they come out with that. But no, I thought in terms of the performance, it was just job done. Croatia didn't offer too much, did they? Solid at the back. As soon as we, as soon as we sort of got at them a little bit, they didn't want to know. But going into it, we would have taken the 1-0. But you and I said, you said to me, just win at all costs. Just win this. Yeah. Game. doesn't really matter. It's just been a weird group stage, really, isn't it? Because we ain't conceded a goal, but we ain't done anything exciting. But now we're here in the quarterfinals against Germany or the round of 16 sorry against Germany arguably the biggest game as well for us isn't it the Germans it's always the biggest game as you said Clark you were at the Scotland game um what did you think of it overall then performance wise atmosphere wise what are your thoughts on it I think the occasion got to us a little bit I think it was obviously built up for weeks and weeks and weeks showing the Gaza goal from 96 on repeat every night wasn't it every game you watched they were showing that same building up to Friday and obviously, it was a weird day, wasn't it? There was full of it was all building up about Scotland, all about them really, and how it's their big day out. So we sort of just let them let them have it a bit. But in terms of performance, I mean, it was very slow when it passing side to side. We played right into their hands. And with when you're saying about Sterling, his game ain't to come come short for the ball and try beat players. Is it? He wants to get past running in behind and then getting on the end of getting on the end of things. Look at all the goals he scores for City. It's always tappings, isn't it? That's where that's where he wants to be. That was our problem. We were just playing side to side and it looked like the fullbacks were told not to sort of bomb on, which was another thing which was weird. But then you look, the two centre midfielders against Croatia, brilliant against Modric and Kovacic in there, worked perfectly. But then against Scotland, it's like we don't need both of them there to be when we've got all the ball. Our problem with England is whenever we play a team where we've got to have all the ball, we don't know what we're doing with it, really. We like to be soaking up and hitting on the counter. Yeah, I agree with Clarkie on that. Personnel-wise, Sterling, like you said, that's why I'd have him for Germany, because he's better getting behind. 
But when you're going to have loads of the ball, you want one-on-ones, you want Grealish on the pitch, you want Zaka's on the pitch. You know what I mean? That's why it was perfect for him against Scotland. But that's why I think it was just poor selection on his part. I know it's hard to drop people when they've had a good game. But did we need Phillips there? He had a really good game against Croatia. I'm not discrediting that. Mm. He, I thought it was really negative when I see it. I think we all did when we first saw it come out. I've never seen him play that far forward. But it's not surprising because obviously the fitness that he has at Leeds, Bielsa, we all know what he's about. I'm just, it's no surprise that he's running up and down the pitch and he won't have a problem with fitness this tournament. But I don't know, just with that Scotland lineup, didn't thrill me. Um, he, he changed both fullbacks, didn't look like it was enough. And now I think he's got a real dilemma going into the next game because I don't think he knows who his best team is. I don't know, especially the fullbacks. I don't think he has a clue. Yeah, I think there's one player who you definitely keep in the team, 100%. Obviously, it's Harry Kane. Um, a lot of concerns about him at the minute. Obviously, no, not scoring goals, but I obviously I think you're both going to agree with me on this point. You obviously can't drop him. You keep him in there. He's just he's, he's the only player we've got that can make something out of nothing completely, though, isn't he? Like you saw Lewandowski the other night had a bit of a stinker of a tournament, has one good performance, scores two goals, nearly keeps him in it. Do you think he'll come good? Do you fancy him to score in the next round, Ivory? Oh yeah, hundred percent. You don't get twenty-two goals and whatever. 20 assists for a terrible Spurs team, do you, if you're a bad player? And he's done that every year for the past five years. It's just typical England bandwagon fans who just jump on it like the media, want us to pick someone out because we're not playing too well. When in reality, we've we've not conceded a goal. Yeah, we didn't create any chances. And our our main striker, if you look at him another way, he hasn't had to break sweat yet, has he? He ain't had what? He's had one chance against Czech Republic. It's a good save against the keeper. But... Yeah, in a game against Germany, I think he's the type of player that would thrive on the big occasion as well. I feel like he's going to score, mate. I think he's, I think he's finally going to not finally step up because he's got a cracking England record, like thirty-four goals already in it for England. Some something stupid like that. He's doing really well. I really fancy him to score and just break the duck. Really, what do you reckon, Jim? Well, I think it's overdue. Like you said, he's got such a good record. It's odd for him to go four or five games without scoring. So just on. On the law of averages, he probably is going to bag soon. If, if we get past Germany, even if he doesn't score, he's just bound to score because that's the type of striker he is. Uh, you know, he's been dropping deep a lot. I know a lot of people have been criticising him, just saying get in the box, but we know his game has evolved from that now. He's not just the six-yard striker he once was. He's really dropping deep and creating. And I'm not sure the England team's built enough around that quality that he's shown at Spurs this year uh, with the runners we have. But I just I just don't love the shape when we go forward. And with the personnel changing every few games, I don't think we can get in a rhythm. Because the problem is we should all have a good idea what the next game is going to be, uh, what lineup is going to be for the next game. But no one has a clue. No one has a clue. It's a bit of a lottery. And it can't play into Kane's, Kane's hands because... You know what I mean? You just need an actual rhythm. You need to know where people are going to be making these runs so you can ping them in behind, know when to drop off. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of work to do with him. I wouldn't blame him personally. I think Gareth has to take a bit of blame, honestly, because the amount of attacking qualities we have, and we've looked lacking in games, you know? So I, I wouldn't put it all on Kane's doorstep. So but this is, that's what sort of tournament football, isn't it? The, the group stage is just a bit of a weird situation, especially now. Well, you need one win, one draw, and you're through. I think some didn't someone go through with one win? 
So now that's out of the way, that's get rid of that. We forget that's happened. And this is where it starts, really, isn't it? And this is where Gareth's going to earn his money. He obviously had a bit of a free hit in the last World Cup. Yeah. Got to the semi-final without really having to do anything or play anyone decent, which obviously was the best time of our lives. But yeah. now this is where, if I'm Gareth, I'm thinking, right, this is what I've been building up to since I got the job. This is the biggest game we've had in what? Since probably we played... Since semi-final. Yeah, well, yeah. But as in the, in terms of a t- decent team in a tournament, because oh, Croatia, Germany are on a different level to Croatia, that Croatia team, I think, even if this Germany team isn't that great. So this is where Gareth's going to really make or break. And it's quite funny because I think if we go out in a, in a whimper, we call him for his head straight away, even though he's not really put a foot wrong, but we haven't really blown off any trees in the last three years under him. But I, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a nervy one, isn't it? Do we take? We just obviously just take any result to get through, even how poor we play. But yeah, it's tournament football, isn't it? It's just about the result. You know, when a little team—I'm not going to call us a little team in the FA Cup. You know, when they draw a proper big one, and you like—we don't care if we go far. We just need to win this round. This is so important that we beat a name because in my lifetime we haven't beaten a name. And to be fair. If we'd gone out in the quarters or semis before I saw the draw, but we just got that one big win against someone big, I wouldn't have cared. It wasn't about this. It's about, because I know there's going to be a good future for this team. We just need to beat one name and it's Germany. And we, if it is, it's going to be a failure because I know we've got seven points. They've been, you know, we haven't conceded. We haven't played overly well. We haven't played bad. We haven't done but we, we just need this in a bag going forward to the World Cup next year. We just need to beat someone. For these young players' mentality. Well, yeah, that's been well. We're in that situation, and we, as an England fan, where we're going into this game, and the the level from ecstasy of winning to the level of pain of going out, and we're right in the middle. Yeah. And it's always that thing going and thinking that Columbia game, the ecstasy we had, and everyone's in the row partying. It's going to be ten times that if we actually beat Germany, especially five o'clock kickoff. It will be seven o'clock. And the whole country will just be out on the roads going mad again. I think the thought of that is just what gets you excited. And if you don't oh, believe and don't hope we're going to win, if you don't believe in it that we're going to win, then God, oh, you know them butterflies that build up for these type of games. Oh, it was already, which is a long five days, isn't it, to wait for the game? Me, me, me and you, like me and you, are the exact same with England. We always not get carried away, but Jim's a lot more. Um, can't think of the word. A lot more realistic. Pessimistic. Pessimistic, yeah. pessimistic yeah. I'd call it, yeah. Jim's a lot more pessimistic and, you know, he looks at it as very much as we're probably going to get done. Whereas me and you get lost in it and, like, honestly, I'm I'm so excited for this. Like you say, it's the biggest game we've had in years. I can't think of a bigger game since Portugal, 06, when we went out on penalties, maybe. Like, even then, like yeah, that, that was a big game in itself. But I can't think of a bigger game since then. Nations League, maybe, you know, might get up there because we nearly got into a final, like a mock tournament. But like you say, this is absolutely huge. I'm so excited for it, but at the same time, I feel sick thinking about it because having conceded two goals in each game so far for the Germans, you fancy just to score against them. But it's just something about... I looked at their lineup yesterday. You know, Kimmich, like you said earlier on, Gundogan, Goretzka, Sane, Nabry. It's not a, it's not a weak side, is it? Yeah, by no means. And... Uh, you've only got to look at what they've done to Portugal. They they tore them a new one. They tore them a new one. And then you're thinking, there's no way we're going to beat them. And then you just look at the Hungary game. 
They're not the Germany of old. I mean, uh, the managers, I think, leaving after this tournament. I think Hansi Flick's coming in for him. I think they're a very weird in-between. Uh, of course, they had experienced players. Uh, Muller and Hummels were dropped. And then they had a few friendlies. They started losing a few and they've had to bring them back. You know, to, Muller's injured now. They're, they're not the strongest Germany side, but they just have so much experience. In terms of Germany, though, if you look at it, do you reckon they're having a massive overreaction that they've been terrible in the group over in their country? Whereas, look at us, we're making a big song and dance that we only got seven points and scored two goals. Whereas I think Germany, with their experience, they're thinking, we got through, job done. Now this is where they start. This is where they go into semi-finals and finals. It's all a mentality thing. And Yeah, like I said, I watched a bit of them yesterday. Obviously, Hungary were sitting back, but... I think one place we could probably exploit them is Hummels is looking sort of looking like his age. I think, especially, did you see him against Mbappe in the first game? I know it's Mbappe, but Sterling's probably just as quick. I think that's somewhere which we could exploit. And I don't think Rudiger's all that at the back, although he's had a good end to the season with Chelsea. I think he's protected in a three. And you've got two of them at the back three. Um, Yeah, there's there's places to exploit. The trouble is, is is it going to be is Cruz going to do what Modric did to us three years ago and just control the whole just run the game. control the whole game? That's the thing. You've got you've got Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice potentially lining up against Gundogan, Kimmich, Goretzka, Cruz, like you say, any of them. It's the difference in quality is massive there, really, isn't it? I'm not sure how we fare against that. I think the back three, like you said, is definitely room to exploit. Who's the third one? Ginter? Ginter? That's him, isn't it? Again, not not a world class player from England. Neuer has not been great. I do fancy Harry Kane, like I said, to turn it on though. I think this is the sort of game he can get back at him. You know, he's, he comes up against Rudiger enough in the Premier League to know what he's about as well. There's a reason, like you say, that that Bayern Munich have let Hummels go back to Dortmund. He's not the player that he was. I think pace could be the key there. Uh, any thoughts, Jim? Yeah, I don't rate their back for that much. On the ball, Hummels is still quality, but like you said. If you put him under pressure, pace, he, he's not catching you. And it's the same with Rudiger. He's not great on the ball, uh, but he's then got that athleticism sometimes to make it up. But between them both, they're not the strongest. And this is why I think it's very important for our front three when we do pick them. It's more of a counter-attack type of game because I do think it, Cruz is going to boss it, to be honest. I see him dropping off in between the centre-backs, picking passes left and right. And it's going to be crucial if we don't have Mount, because I would stick Mount on him to just get around him, be busy and give him our time. And I think Mount could have played that role really well. If he's not available, and I'm not too sure who we have in that. I think I think he is going to be available, is he? I think they've said. That's a huge... That's Because it's nice to play Foden and Grealish in that when, when you're against lesser oppositions, but you need someone more a bit defensive-minded going to do the nitty-gritty like Mount on a player like Tony Cruz. So I think that's going to be a really important decision that Gareth needs to get right for us to get that win. I think another thing about them is that, obviously, when we were looking at the group yesterday and the goals were going in, obviously, we wouldn't, in an ideal world, we wouldn't be playing Germany because we don't want to play Germany because our record against anyone decent is terrible. But why do we not want to play France? Because they have Mbappe, Benzema, Griezmann, Pogba, can't they? Basically, their whole team's unbelievable. So no one wants to play them. Why do we not want to play Portugal? Because 
they got that one man, Ronaldo, who can just win the game for them by themselves. I think the reason why we want to play Germany probably is is Havertz, Sane and Nabry really that frightening? I think Maguire, Stones and that are coming up against just as good of players in week in, week out in the Premier League. Yeah, Havertz is, can pick up awkward positions, but I'm not not overly convinced he's going to win them the game. But obviously that'll come back to bite me once he scores the winner uh, next Tuesday. But the only thing, if obviously all of us has uh, taken, the, uh, taken the mickey out of Timo Werner all season, he's not going to turn up to Wembley and, and score the winner, is he? Looking, looking at us at the back, I thought timings played well the first couple of games have been solid, but seeing Maguire come back into the team the other night, he gets a lot of stick at Man United. He gets slated, but like, he was excellent the other day. He nearly picked up a lovely assist as well with Barry Kane. It was just sort of nice to see him back in there with John Stones. He gave me quite a lot of reassurance that I feel like, like you say, they can hack Havertz. Sane's they played against before. Nabry, I don't think he's a striker. He's, he's very good on the wing, but I don't think he's a front man like the way they've been using him. And I think they'll be able to handle that. Another person who um, has actually quietly played well, like he hasn't been outstanding because he hasn't had to be, but I think Pickford's actually been all right. And for all the talk before the tournament, um, I didn't want him in the team, admittedly. I wanted Henderson. But just noticing stuff like he's not been busy. He's saved what he's had to say, but even his distribution has been really good. I know they've picked up on it on commentary quite a lot and they're saying how much of an asset it is, but... I think he's, he's sort of proven his worth to me there. And I, I was completely against him, so I just want to hold my hands up with that. But I've been quite impressed by him. He's a big game player, I think. I think he's never let England down. Look at the last World Cup. He was arguably player of the tournament. I think there was no... I know you said you wanted Henderson, but what did he play? Like eight games for United? Didn't even play their big Europa League final. So that probably said enough for me. Um, and who else is who else is there? Well, Johnston got injured and... The fact that Ramsdale's in a European Championship squad, he needs to be go by the lottery, I think, because yeah. that's pretty disgraceful. <laughs> um, but as for Pickford, as for Pickford, he picks himself. I think it, it, he makes them saves in the big games, which you want him to. I think if you look back at Sweden game World Cup, he made a couple of very crucial yeah, saves. So, yeah. tournament experience as well, isn't it, with players like him? You got that out of Maguire and Stones coming up as well. Do you reckon he might throw? Talking to Henderson, do you reckon he might throw Jordan Henderson back in after giving him 45 the other night? The thing is, I don't think Rice played that well the other night. I don't. I genuinely don't think he had that good of a game, really. Um, Phillips has obviously looked really good, but he, he's using Rice a lot deeper. Um, at West Ham, he's got a license to get the ball and get it forward and break the lines, you know, drive forward or pass it. He's not really been able to do that for England, whereas Phillips has been sort of given the freedom. Rice can do a defensive job, but I feel like a lot of people who are watching him closely for the first time with a lot of care are seeing him perform a bit poorly, I think. I don't think he's been that good, Jim. So I wouldn't be surprised if he brings in Henderson and tells Phillips to sit a bit deeper. But I think Rice is out of the two. I think he's the one that would get dropped, personally. I think it's a tight decision. It all depends how the matchup goes with their three centre mids and how you think it's going to go. Because I think we're going to have to tailor our three around their three. It's not going to wear and pose in the midfield. I think we have to cater for them. And uh, do I think Henderson gets the call up? He shouldn't. I think the only reason he does is experience. And I understand Rice hasn't been in these high pressure situations that Henderson has. But if you've only played 45 minutes of football in, I don't know, four or five months, mm. 
It just doesn't make sense to me. Uh, unless I'm he, Gareth seeing something different in training, possibly. I don't know. But for me, I think you have to still stick with Rice. And it is still likely Phillips because we'll need to be conservative, I feel, in, in the middle. So I, I wouldn't be shocked. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world, you know. But um, nah, for me, I'd stick with what I have. To answer your question, Clark, no, I don't think he changes it. Though. I think he sticks with the two of them. But you don't. You don't but I mean, wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you, you I wouldn't be out. surprised if I see him. Because he, he does play. He has favourites. Let's not get it wrong. Like he has got players that he trusts more than others, which is fine. It's proved proved good so far with Sterling. Like he's got both the goals for us. But a lot of us wouldn't have had him near the first team. Probably wouldn't have had him coming off the bench. I would have gone for the younger lads, but. That's proved right. So you've almost got to just like trust what he does, really. Like I know it's it's frustrating when he's going into games, he's not picking the players that we want. But I think I said to you first game, Clark, when the team come out, like, just get behind them. Like don't even you're seeing Trippier playing left back, and you're seeing Phillips and Rice both playing. But it's like just get behind them. Like and Sterling, sorry as well. There's no point in disagreeing with it. You just got to get stuck into it. And well, just like... just think what just think what the. Uh... The atmosphere around the country in the office, just walking around town. If we, if we do win this game, um, if we do win this game with the draw that we've got on our side, just I don't know that feeling of, of what could be is what sort of drives you know about fans like me and you. That's what drives fans like me and you, isn't it? To uh, back every tournament. I know Jim's a bit more negative and sees it how he actually is rather than believing in fairy tales. But I don't know. I think this. If there's ever going to be a chance for us to really assert ourselves in front of 45,000 at Wembley against the Germans, I mean, what is it? When did we lose them? 2010, Gwen Lampard. I know we were pretty terrible that time. And then obviously you got the the famous ones of Euro 96 and Italia 90, which we obviously weren't there for. (laughs) But but yeah, it's it's just a huge game really, isn't it? And the fact that if we do win and we could potentially just in inverted commas, breeze through to the to the final. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's a pretty surreal situation, really, isn't it? And just talk about numbers. Just talk about the numbers between England, Germany. I've got my Sky Bet app open and current odds on an England win six to four. Just slight favourites over Germany, which are nine to five currently. So you know the bookies don't normally get it wrong. It's really tight odds, and to be fair. I normally would be leaning towards Germany, but it's a coin flip. I do feel that. At, at Wembley, 25 years to exactly from Gareth fucking that penalty up at the Euros. I mean, is it written in the stars? I don't know. Timo Werner, he's been getting shit all year. Maybe it's his day to shine. It's just so many stories. Obviously, the history between England and Germany. And it does feel... Like, we're watching a bit of history, to be fair. This feels like a massive game. Yeah. Like, win or lose, this is this is massive. And I can't wait, to be fair. I think it's going to be... It's going to be a, a bad watch. I'm not anticipating a good game. If anything, I'm actually anticipating penalties. But um, I was about to say that. What are the odds on England to win on penalties? Oh. Redemption, isn't it? You could see it on the sun Wednesday morning. Gareth, redemption. Waistcoat on. <laughs> Celebrating. I'm gonna check that. Hang on. How it will be decided. England on penalties. The odds. 11, 11 to one. England on penalties. Germany are ten to one on penalties. 
either team on penalties is five to one. With regards to the game Tuesday, then, uh, as we've said, biggest game, probably, probably in fairness, since, since we're old enough to care and actually be properly invested in it, the biggest game we've ever had as England fans this is absolutely fucking massive. I think we said the same thing, Clark. I wouldn't change the team. I'd stick and just go as we were and keep the same 11. I think he, he's going to want to bring Foden back in, is the idea that Fogg planted on my head earlier on. I don't think you can change that team, though, personally. I don't know about you. I think, yes, uh, same with me. I would go unchanged from the team that's just happened. I think I heard, who was it, someone said it on the TV about Sometimes you get lucky in tournaments with an injury that forces your team to, you find out your team, which you didn't think would ever be your team. So in terms of Mount and Chilwell being out, obviously Mount's a guaranteed starter normally. It's given the opportunity for Saka and Grealish to come in and they did take that opportunity. The one thing I'm obviously a bit frightened of is he's going to sit back, put Walker into the back three, bring Reese James or Trippier in at right wing back and then take one of Saka or Grealish out. And I have a feeling that he's going to take Grealish out and upset the whole country. Yeah. But then, like I said earlier, it's this is where Gareth earns his money, isn't it? And either way, I, I won't be too disheartened because then I think that, in a way, in the back of my head, we do need to have that three at the back for a cushion. But then your other side of you saying we got to go for it and get at him, which I think, regardless of who he plays, the atmosphere is going to be absolutely chaos, isn't it? So the first 10 minutes are going to be gun ho if you see that the first 10 minutes of the last three games, we've almost, I think we've hit the post in every game, haven't we? In all three games. So I wouldn't be surprised to see a quick start and then it all to flatten out. And that's when your cruises and Gundogan's get on the ball. But yeah, I wouldn't, I'm not going to change it personally. I'm going to stick with that same 4-2-3-1. It's going to be weird. He's not going to change Rice and Phillips now, is he? After playing, sticking with them for three games. I think that's what he's built this whole foundation of defence on. Uh, Luke Shaw was was pretty pretty good down the left the other night. Created a few chances. Sterling obviously scored both goals. Picks himself. And yeah, I don't think there's any room for change. I think I don't know if Jim Jim's a bit unsure. I think he thinks that we're going to be making some wholesale changes. But I I believe Gareth could look at this and go, you know what? I'm going Rice, Phillips, and Henderson. I I think he's looking at that. And he's going to go Hudson. for them three. I think he's going for them three. How are you fitting them three in? How? How are you doing that? He'll find a way. He's bringing Tony Adams gonna, back in as well. He's going to get his shoe on. He's going to get his shoe on and he'll wedge Henderson into that midfield. <laughs> Mate. That's what he's going to do. You can't be serious though. Like how, what, you're going 5-3-2? You're going five at the back and them three sitting as three centimetres. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. We're, still, we're still playing four at the back. So three cents, three cent of defensive mid- midfielders. Essentially, three. yeah, a flat three, <laughs> a flat three. For the shit, you don't think that? Surely. Because I think Gareth's running scared. You don't genuinely scared. think that. You don't think that. I, I think this is what Gareth's going to pick. I don't want it. I think Gareth's going to do this. Fuck <laughs> mate. I don't think he's doing that. No chance. I think he's running scared. Look, the Germans play five at the back, possession-based game. He's, invite, he's scared of Gundogan and Cruz in the middle. He, he hasn't got his baby man there. I think he, I don't, I don't think he wants to play Grealish in the hole in the ten. I think it was all well and good playing against Czech Republic, but does he trust him? 
first off, does he trust him playing a 10? No chance. I don't think he'll play him. Who do you play in the 10? That's the, this is where the issue comes because it is it would have been Mount for me. He was Jack, stuck Jack Grealish. Yeah. You, there's no well, other player. I was, looking, I was looking at this. There's no other player in the tournament like him. He gets on the ball and he runs into he sort of runs into dark alleys and he either gets through them and creates a chance or gets a foul. There's no other player who gets on the ball and makes things happen like that. Foden's been was all right in the first couple of games, but I think sort of the pressure of being the ne- next Gascoigne with that haircut got to him a little bit. But I don't think Grealish is the type of player that affects him. I think saw the interviews with him before the tournament. He was bang up for it. He was saying about how he's so excited to get out there. I think he's a game changer. And if he's oh, not playing... This is what Gareth's then... going for. This is what Gareth's going for. He's going Bryce, Phillips, Henderson. He's going Sterling, Rashford, Kane. That's what he's doing. <laughs> You're lying. You are lying. He's not doing that. Rashford out of nowhere. You're full of shit. Out of nowhere. <laughs> Just bring play his mates. Stop <laughs> feeding the children and back out for the round of 16. This is the problem with the Gareth... Merry-go-round. I just don't know who he's going to play. I don't know who our best formation is. I think it'd be nice to play Grealish and Noel or Foden. Do you think Foden's a better fit in the hole and then Grealish out wide? I think that's up for debate. I'd be still. shocked if he... I think he likes Foden on the right. and yeah. Yeah. He don't want to, he don't want to trust... He, he says he's investing in these young players, but he, he doesn't really trust them. Otherwise, he'd just let loose with all of them. You say, but, you say Foden on the right, though. Like, they, they want to change. Like him, you see Sterling floats everywhere behind the back three. Mount was doing the same and Foden. I mean, Jim, I think you're you're, you're wrong. I think you're being an idiot. He's not obviously not going to start that. <laughs> Let's be honest. No, this is what Gar- this is what I want. This is what Gareth's going to do. I wouldn't pick yeah, but, this. Yeah, but he's not going to do that. There's no chance. I think Clark's got a better point about Grealish though, about him dropping him. Like, mate, we we love him. Me and you, like, we we know we love him. Um, You've said it to me before, mate. Captain of his boyhood club, absolutely loves it. Quality player, like he's been linked away for years, and he's chose to stay. You know, you can't not love him, really. Like he's just brilliant, and like you say, he brings something to that team that no one else can. For some reason, Southgate doesn't like him. Um, Jim, you said you gave me a reason for this yesterday. I think you said because he chose Ireland at youth, or because he didn't. Oh well, that's that's a rumor, not confirmed. But apparently, obviously, Gareth used to work in a youth system. Grealish at the time wasn't fancy. Then he goes over to Ireland. Of course, he's come back now, but there might have been a little friction there. I, I think that might have legs. I do understand the reason why Sancho hasn't been playing. Wood's got a breaking story here for you, why Sancho isn't <laughs> playing under Gareth Southgate. I think my story might have a bit more legs than this, but Wood, the floor is yours. I read it on Twitter the other day. Apparently, he's... Um, the he's so- your, your, your best source, that one, isn't it? Yeah. Twitter. What's that, West Ham Central? No, it's, I, can't remember what, <laughs> I can't remember what it is. I think it was Hopkins looking to curl one. Um, he's gone, apparently, um, Sancho's called Southgate a nonce in training. And he's got he's just overheard him and knocks him off. And he's got the ump with it. That is the playing. worst source you've ever heard. <laughs> like, he, like he would just keep him hey, in the squad if he'd I done that. I didn't say it was true. <laughs> just saying. Yes, you did. This, honestly, I think you would have fact checked that and published it. Talking as talking as Sancho though, maybe he's this whole thing where he's not really played, not really had a sniff. I think he played against who was it? Kosovo like three years ago. Yes, got got a couple yes. of goals, and since then we've not really seen him. Is he been saving him up this whole time? 
luring the media in, luring us in, and then he's going to unleash him on 60 minutes and he's going to get three touches the ball as we go out 3-0. He, he plays in the Bundesliga. He plays against these Germans. You know what I mean? But he, play, he plays with Hummels. He knows him inside out. He plays against that Ginzer. And he plays well as well. Like Dortmund was slacking this year. We follow him, don't we, me and you? Like, we're, we're, both, we're both quite like him because him and Belling are both there. And he went, they went off the boil this season. The, the, the gaffer who's about to take over at Palace got sacked. Sancho was injured the whole time. He came back at the end of the season. He was unbelievable. They won, they won the cup, didn't they, and everything. Got a goal and assist in the final. He could be the key to this game, but I can't see Southgate playing him. The key could be the substitutions. Five subs. If it's all going a bit wrong with one nil down or if it's nil-nil and something needs to change. Like I said, this is, this is what Gareth's whole life has been building to is this moment and the redemption for 96 what's he got up his sleeve I think we're only going to we're going to find out and I'm a bit worried that he's not going to he's not going to deliver I'm not going to lie we've got the attacking sound like me (laughs) yeah I think it's speaking to you for the last hour has made me realise that we're in trouble on Tuesday no play Sancho you'll be fine you've made a good point you've made a good point though with the the substitutes they've got who Volland Timo Werner are coming off the bench. Can't think of anybody else. That young lad um, who Musiala. just picked him over us, didn't he? Musiala, yeah. I mean, they've got options fair, but we've got so many options coming off the bench. I can't actually see him playing Sancho, to be honest with you. Because if he's going to be nah. dropping, if he's going to be dropping one of Grealish or Saka anyway, they're already going to be ahead of him. He likes to bring on Rashford, even though he's not affecting any of the games at all. I can't see Sancho getting on, to be honest with you. No, he made his bed. He made his bed with the Sancho. Uh, saga, which it has turned into. Everyone's talking, where is he? I was instantly, when the lineup come out, where is Sancho? He should be playing. And the reason he hasn't played him, because he hasn't got experience, this is a perfect game to give him experience, and he's chosen Saka. All right, I don't agree with that. I would have played Sancho. Look what happened. He was man of the match. Yeah. Now you stick with Saka. You've made your bed, you lie in it. You can't just... Now bring in Sancho, it just doesn't make sense. You've got to have a story and you've got to stick to it. So if you're going to play anyone, it has to be Saka. In my opinion, I'd be starting Sancho, for me personally. But now I think he's gone so you did, you far. You just said Brashford was starting a minute ago. That's what Gareth's going to pick. That's what Gareth's going to pick. For what, me, what, Sancho, what do you want to pick then? What do you want to pick? Oh, mate, I'd, I'd have a laugh, mate. We'd, we'd be having a great time up front. Don't you worry about that. What's your I'd be, Sancho what, what would have started. All right, okay. So I think... Henderson. Harry Neville, not, right back. He's not fit enough, Henderson, for me. He's only played 45 minutes. He shouldn't come in over Rice. It could happen, but I hope it doesn't. So, Phillips, and I have Phillips Jim, in what's deep your back next four? to Rice. What's your back four? Same as it is uh, last yeah, week yeah, um, right. with Pickford as well. I think Same. I think what we saw with that, uh, what's his name? Left back, Goshens. 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 Yeah. Right, uh, we, we've seen with old Gujan uh, that he can get down the left. He can get down the left, old Gujan. And, yeah, he gave Samedo a terrible time the other week. Yeah, so, I think Carl Walker, sensible bet, right back, leave him in. I know Rich James is good, but leave him in. Phillips and Rice, sound. I would, I want Sancho to start. I know he won't. Like I've said, it doesn't make sense to bring him in now, but that's what I'd want. And I think... I think I prefer Grealish out wide and Foden in the middle and then Kane up top. I always have, I don't know, I just think Grealish 
he just naturally fits in the left, just drifting in, especially because they play a, a back five. He can just sort of find that space in between the centre mid and wing back. That's where he should operate. That's what I'd like to see. The, um, but yeah, obviously Kane up top, and that'd be my team. You got you got Seafal playing at the back in the Czech Republic game. You just mentioned about Grealish playing. You want you want him in yeah, the let's pocket. Let's chuck a few West Ham in. Let's you, get the you, old West Ham. Uh, I'm like, do you get Grealish on the left or in the pocket? What did you say? It's what I'm saying. I, I prefer him in the left. So you want him on the left fair. So that's where he played against Czech Republic. I think Foden's can. Early yeah. on in the season, when we went to Villa Park. We doubled up on Greenish for Soufal and uh, Ryan Fredericks. They did the same the other night of it. They tried to double up on whoever they went. They had the centre midfielder. Like, was it Holes, the, the lad that you said that you wanted us to sign? Was he was he the one that was man marking Greenish? He was, wasn't he? Yeah, baller. I thought he takes another man up, though. And if, you, if you've got him on the left, I'm looking at the Germany team now. You've got him on the left running at this Ginter lad, right? He's going to be skinning him all day, left, right and centre. If they're going to two up on him, at least Foden three in the middle. I think you just have to play Greenish. I'm, I'm really now you said it earlier on, Clark. I'm really scared he's not going to play him. I mean, he just has to, doesn't it? We'll see what happens on Tuesday. It's normally what it'd be about one o'clock when it the rumours go round. Sports Bible oh, or someone, it. Sports yeah, Bible or it. Sports Joe or someone will say this is it, and Adams will be back in the back. Paul Lintz midfield, they'll all be back. All them rumours that come out, isn't it? Four hours before kickoff, and then it's just exactly the team that you expected. But I, I think is I think it'd be weird, wouldn't it, if he drops Saka? If, but I don't know. Maybe maybe he'll just go all out and we'll play the same team. Go for it. Let's get your predictions for the game, Clark. God, what do you reckon? Scoreline. What are you feeling? I reckon we'll nick it one nil. Kane penalty. Grealish to win it. Seventy eighth minute. Three lines gets played as the final whistle goes. We're all in the streets on the buses, standing on cars, fever, Euros fever kicks in, Ukraine in the next round. That's what that's what I predict. 1-0, Kane, penalty, late on. One kiss flaring out. Yeah, it'd be good, wouldn't it? I actually might, I might have to have a tenner on that, you know. Kane, penalty, 1-0. That sounds juicy. Jim? I'm going to go similar to Clarky. I'm going to go nil-nil, Kane to miss a penalty, in regular time. Yeah, for the shit. And then England to win on penalties. Kane to score his penalty in the shootout. That's what I'm going for. Yeah, so yeah, gonna... I'm going to go England on penalties. It would be absolutely unbearable, but it would. it's the best way to win. It would be the best possible way for us to win. And I yeah. don't know. I just, I think it's more because it's what I want. I think a win in 90 minutes does sound more realistic, but I'm not going to want to watch extra time. I don't think I want to watch that. It'll be too tense, mate. But penalties, yeah, I think is the way to go, definitely. Look, I mean, we've, we've got plenty covered there, to be fair. We've gone over the Germans, which, you know, obviously I'm going to come down and watch that with you, so that's that's going to be an interesting day. Uh you know, I, I'm I'm quite content with how we've done so far. Though. You can't really complain too much with two two wins and a draw going out of the group, not conceding the goal. Like you say, it just all comes out of this game, doesn't it? And we'll just see how we get on. This is okay. it, Woodsy. This is it. Round of 16, Germans at Wembley. If we're not winning this, then it's going to be a long lifetime of supporting England, I think. So that's probably my taking it. But I think we're going to do it. Sneak across the line and then who knows from there. It's coming home, as they say. <laughs> Jim. If we beat Germany, it's coming up. 
Dan, it flips for me. Oh. Uh, I think he's, he's a coin toss this game. I can't fucking wait. It's huge. So much riding on it. But if we fucking win, I oh, fuck it. We're going to win. <laughs> <laughs>